Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today's show is about self-hypnosis for labor pain management. And this is not about someone swinging a pocket watch in front of you, but rather a well-researched tool that can diminish pain, lessen anxiety, make you feel more in control, and even shorten labor. How does it work? Julieta Appleton is here to tell us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by the first eight days of being a mom, a day-by-day manual on taking care of the new mom as well as her newborn. Get a 10% discount by going to thefirst8days.com slash birthful. That's with the number eight, thefirst8days.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mamas and mamas-to-be. I want to thank you once again for all the love you're giving the show. And here's a quick reminder, as every week I do this, that it would be super helpful if you could rate the show on iTunes. And to do that, go to birthful.com slash reviews. You will find a little video that explains exactly how to leave a review. But And then, then there's a button that you will click through that says view in iTunes. Then you click the ratings and reviews button and give us as many stars as you think we deserve. As always, I will be very, very, very grateful. So today on the show, I have Julieta Appleton on the show, and we're going to be talking about hypnosis for labor pain management. Julieta is a certified childbirth educator, certified hypnotherapist, and birth doula with a master's degree in public administration. She's one of the founding members of the now-called Hudson Valley Birth Network, a founder of Montreal's First Rape Crisis Center, and founder and former director of the the Birth Cottage which is what's Westchester, I cannot pronounce that, that and Worcester sauce, it's so hard, Westchester's County First Freestanding Birth Center. She has trained doulas, built two postpartum doula services, and has worked with countless individuals and couples as a hypnotherapist, a sex educator, a childbirth educator, a birth doula, and postpartum doula. Her hypnosis practice. You've done a lot of things, Julieta. I know, and I'm also an artist. It's it's really exhausting being me. <laughs> you are passionate. Her hypnosis yeah. practice is based in Westchester County, New York. There I said it. With classes and trainings available in English or Spanish, locally, nationally, and internationally. Julieta, welcome. Thank you, Adriana. It is such an honor to be on the show. I'm so glad you're here. I was looking for somebody to talk about hypnosis, and I'm glad you reached out. Because So right off the bat, I want to start busting myths about hypnotherapy. Okay. Because I know that thanks to cartoons and really bad TV shows, most people (laughs) hear hypnosis and imagine a swinging pocket watch or a spinning black and white spiral or someone clucking like a chicken when fingers are snapped. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. No. In fact, that was one of the things that I was going to say to you is, you know, one of the main things that we need to bust as a myth is that I will not make you cluck like a chicken. So for sure, that's an obvious one. But some other myths that really need to be busted, as you say, is that you're not out of control when you're hypnotized. You're completely in control. And another myth is that it's 
I hate to use this word, but quackery, that it's not a real science-based technique, and it very much is. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, it's uh, hypnosis. We call it hypnosis, but it's all self-hypnosis. You do it to yourself. You agree to do this thing. Correct. Correct. You cannot hypnotize someone who does not want to be hypnotized. It just it just won't work. The the subconscious is your autonomous protective mind. So it wouldn't allow you to do anything that isn't good for you. And you know there's a lot of well the other myths of the movies like uh, you know the old one Manchurian Candidate and then I think there was one few years ago with Woody Allen where um, he supposedly called unsuspecting but hypnotized people up in the middle of the night and said some word and then they would run out and rob banks. Right. It doesn't happen. No. No. <laughs> no. So how does hypnosis or self-hypnosis, how does it really work? Okay. Um, obviously, an excellent question. The way that it works is that you get the conscious mind to focus really hard on something and it's it's simply a highly focused state of concentration usually the hypnotherapist's voice uh, or looking at something but it's usually the voice and it's something that if people ever take yoga that yoga practice at the end the shavasana where you are listening to the voice of the instructor and allowing your body to relax, that is a form of hypnosis. The way hypnotherapy works, which is is the key to it, because hypnosis is just, you know, this highly focused state of concentration in which the subconscious is more open to suggestions. But with hypnotherapy, you're using the subconscious to reframe thoughts, reframe suggestions. And, and the bigger piece of this which is something that you and I have discussed before, is that the United States in particularly, or in particular, excuse me, is a culture where we fear birth. Mm -hmm. We are programmed to fear birth at every turn. It's like, you know, what are you going to do for the pain? How are you going to handle it? Um, you're so brave to consider a home birth. Uh, you know, just all these messages. Or ha, you think you're going to have a baby without an epidural? Good luck with that. I mean, there's just constant bombardment. And it's not just recent. It's something that dates back to the Bible, you know, with the curse of Eve. That because we ate the apple, bad girls, we're going to have to birth in pain. And it's so, it's like practically in our fibers of, of, of having this, this fear that birth is a bad, scary thing. And so we are hypnotized not just by the culture, but by the media, mm -hmm. TV shows, even though women say, oh, you know, I'm not influenced by those TV shows. It turns out that from years and years and years of reality TV, just being out there, women of all socioeconomic classes are affected. Their thoughts are reprogrammed to fear birth. And so how hypnotherapy works, particularly for labor and birth, is it helps us reframe the negative self-talk. And you practice it enough till it becomes something that just automatically happens. 
we're guilty of negative self-talk for everything, not oh, just. I'm so familiar with that little <laughs> voice in the back of the head. Blah, 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 blah. You're not good at this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And we all do it. There probably is not a human alive. Okay, maybe the Dalai Lama, but I'm guessing. <laughs> You know, I'm guessing he's got some negative self-talk too, probably why he meditates all the time. But it really is a question of reframing when when those thoughts pop up, and they do thousands of times a day, not just a little, thousands. I think it's been estimated that we've got like 80,000 thoughts in a day. How they measure this? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. What do you do? Click a clicker? But anyway... You've got lots and lots of thoughts going on, and very often they're negative, like, oh, I'm such an idiot, I'm so forgetful, I hate my thighs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And the ones that crop up when you're pregnant are particularly scary to you because this is the big unknown. Of course it is. But as women, we don't support each other as much as we could because so many of us and our mothers and our grandmothers had these medicalized experiences and we are no longer the ones with the power over what happens to our bodies. Well, that's it. And that's all we know is what we're shown and what we're told. And usually it's the horrible birth stories that are told more. And some moms are even afraid to say they had a wonderful birth because they don't want to be quote unquote bragging. There's my air quotes, um, which, <laughs> <saw> is, <laughs> which is part of why over the summer and uh, listeners, I am telling you this so you can go listen. We did eight episodes of birth stories of just normal, good old birth stories, mm. different settings from cesareans to home births. And so you can get not the horror stories, but the and because I find, I'm sure you've found this too. I've told my clients so many times that birth is boring. <laughs> it can be. I mean, it can be really exciting, of course, but it can be very boring. If the media showed what birth was really like, it, you'd change the channel. Right, it would be a Ken Burns series. Right. So, oh, poor Ken Burns. So you've got to <laughs> add some drama and have the water break and rush to the hospital, which water doesn't even have to break, people. <sighs> So, yes, I, there's so much that needs to be reprogrammed in those beliefs of births. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really what, what Mind Body Birth, which is my brand of, of hypnosis, does. So what the biggest thing that we associate with birth in mm -hmm. our culture is pain. So how does hypnosis or hypnotherapy help to relieve that pain? What is the, you know, the science or evidence behind that? Okay. Well, for one thing, I mean, this, this dates back a really long time. Remember Grant Lee Dick Reed? Mm-hmm. All right. So we're talking 1947 when he wrote Childbirth Without Fear. But what he proved and science and, you know, research have borne this out time after time with studies is that when women have knowledge, you reduce the fear, which reduces the tension, which reduces the pain. So that's the first piece of it, learning about what is normal. And that's not necessarily hypnosis, that's the childbirth ed piece. But then by learning what it feels like to be hypnotized, which feels, by the way, delicious. <laughs> it increases your endorphins. It then causes the parasympathetic nervous system 
to help you by by releasing the blood vessels so the blood flow is not restricted the baby's getting oxygen and nutrients and you know as i said your endorphins are just soaring so you're feeling pretty good and then you learn specific techniques like distraction and that's individual for each woman she might want to imagine herself on a beach many people like to be by water in their in their imaginations but i've had someone imagine that she was standing on a moonlit snowy mountain top uh you know at three in the morning so everybody's got a different thing that helps them go ah oh. Mm-hmm. but you are distracted. You can also use something called directed anesthesia or mental anesthesia. You can actually numb the part that's feeling uncomfortable. And I have my clients prove this to themselves with exercises in class or practicing themselves by holding an ice cube in their palm and timing it. And if you're not doing self-hypnosis, it's pretty hard to do and very painful. Uh, my my recent client, who I adore, but whose name I cannot use, said that the way she practiced during her pregnancy was that she would have her husband epilate her her legs for her because she couldn't reach her legs, and he would rip the hair out. And she said, "I didn't feel it. I was using my hypnosis. Ah. So it was fine." And it works also- for for hair removal too, <laughs> right? Yeah, not not just for birth. Yeah, also for hair removal. Yeah, like for bikini waxes. Absolutely, it reduces your anxiety. It's calming. So all you know, I mean, pain is just not like a thing. There are many factors that contribute to it. Mm-hmm. But I, and I it, think it helps you reframe it as well. Exactly, that's the perfect perfect word. Yeah, because. That's what it is. It's reframing. And this is an aside, um, but I don't want to forget to mention it, is that what happens with women who use hypnosis for birth, it, it often confuses the clinical staff because they think, oh, these women are not really in active labor or they must not be that dilated. And then surprise, because the women are much quieter are much calmer. Not that it's bad to make noise, and I'm not saying that at all. As a doula, I'm like, you know, yell if you want, if it makes you feel good. But women who have used mind-body birth and used hypnosis tend to really go inward, and they're using this imagery and this numbing and this distraction, and all these things contribute to letting your body do what it has the cellular wisdom to do and you just stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that first prompted me to try to find somebody to talk about hypnosis on the show was that I have anecdotal, you know, experience with mm-hmm. doula clients. And there's always a very special place in my heart for <laughs> the clients that do hypnosis because you can tell you as you said their demeanor it's not that they're out of it and they're in you know in a trans state or not there they're very aware but you can tell there's a certain level of focus that Mm -hmm. they've got it that Mm -hmm. they are calmly writing this out and in control and yeah they their their labors tend to be kind of quick and short as well 
Yeah, which is nice, you know. <laughs> it's an added bonus. <laughs> it's an added bonus. <laughs> and well, and, and and that is true because that that also goes to the the science and what what research has been showing with there's been lots of studies some randomized controlled, you know, double blind, some not as much, but lots and lots of studies have been done. And what they show is that hypnosis increases your chances of having a spontaneous vaginal birth. You're less likely to need any pain meds. You're less likely to need any kind of augmentation, you know, like Pitocin. Um, women's satisfaction and well-being is just much better when you use hypnosis. And there's some really limited evidence, but I think this is fascinating, that there may be improved neonatal outcomes, that the APGAR scores mm. are higher. So I think that's fascinating, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with that. Very interesting. And it makes sense because we all know that for a birth to flow, you need your hormones to dance. Mm -hmm. You need your oxytocin to be there and flow. And oxytocin is present when you're calm and you relax and you feel safe and mm -hmm. you feel in control. And if this is the tool that can bring about all these things, then it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I sold on it, actually. Uh, for sure. I'm, you're more than sold on it. You're, yeah, you're preaching. You're doing yeah, I'm it. I'm a preacher. I'm yes. a believer. I know you you're talked teaching. about us being passionate, but I am. I'm really passionate about this. So this is the other thing that I've found, and I, I tell them, and I'm sure you tell your clients as well, is that if you don't practice your, like, it's something you have to practice. It's something yes. that you have to do during pregnancy and f listen or do your visualizations or whatever works for you, but, mm -hmm. or, or sessions. But if you don't practice it and show up at labor expecting it to have it as a tool, it's going <laughs> to fail you. Right. If you just walk in there with your CD and then go, wow, that did not work for me at all. Do you right. wonder why? Yeah. Um, yeah. How, well <laughs> how many times, like, how much do they need to practice? Do you think? Here, here's the thing. This is, this is how positive change occurs with any kind of hypnosis for anything whether it's nail biting public speaking you know you name it any kind of application it takes 21 days to change a habit and negative thoughts are nothing more than habits the brain doesn't distinguish between a thought and a reality which is actually a cool thing because we can use that to our advantage with hypnosis. And so what you need is merely 21 consecutive days of practicing it. Now, you can learn it just one time and continue to do it, but it, it works better when you do it in layers. Because, let's be honest, most people, you know, still have a little trepidation about hypnosis like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want you to hypnotize me. All the myths are there. So the first, the, the way I do it is I offer four classes in a series. And so the first class, it's talking about the culture and, you know, this, the fear in our culture and the history and all about the hormones, the oxytocin, you know, all the stuff you were just talking about. But then we do at each session, some experiential hypnosis. And the first time people don't go as deep 
because you're still like, well, I want to make sure this is okay and that, you know, nothing untoward is going to happen to me. And you're in a room full of people. Yeah, except <laughs> except I, my classes tend to be small. And the first class, I have partners there. But subsequent classes, it's just the moms-to-be, which makes it a little more intimate and mm-hmm. and safer, I, I find. Um, but yeah, so you're in a room full of people who you don't know, and it's 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 kind of an intimate thing. Sure. So you don't go quite as deep. But then, as you continue to to come and take the classes, you layer on top of that hypnosis some additional things, some centering exercises, some directed anesthesia exercises that are very specific, not just the you know general progressive relaxation and induction. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's fear release that you can do. There's, there's so many different layers that you add and add and add, but you continue to practice at home. Usually, you know, one time before you go to sleep, you also use something called an anchor or a trigger to help the body have some, some sensate awareness of what's going on so that soon you don't even have to do the whole process, all the thinking, all the, because you and I both know, and pretty much all of your listeners, I would guess, that contractions don't last a really long time, and thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to do this self-hypnosis in a rather short period of time, you know, a minute, let's say. So you don't have your luxury 20 minutes of doing it in a class. You need to be able to get to that place quickly. And as you've seen with your clients, you can. As soon, you know, once you've practiced it, you're like, ah, I'm going here, boom, and you're there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's very effective. So 21 days is the shorter answer, but it's best to do it with some guidance and then be prepared, not do it you know, like a week before you can, if you're going to do it over four sessions, but not do it in your 36th week, let's say. Start earlier, because this is something that's good throughout the pregnancy. It's which, not. Yeah, which is what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, did their, the hypnosis also helps with issues during pregnancy, so you're getting the bo- the benefit Absolutely. of practicing to ease your discomforts during pregnancy. So what are some of those benefits that you get during pregnancy? Well, you're going to have better circulation for one thing because when you're really uptight, your blood vessels constrict. And so then you might have headaches, you might have a high blood pressure, anxiety, the baby is going to be getting, you know, all the stress hormones that you're producing. And you want the baby to get lots of oxygen and nutrients. So for that, it's really good. It's also, as you say, for for dealing with discomforts, but really more for anxiety. I think that, you know, pregnancy and anxiety go hand in hand. I think they're kind of supposed to. But if we had more support in the culture, Mm -hmm. then, then it wouldn't bother us as much. Yeah, there's different layers. So and so I'm thinking it can also be helpful would you sleep better if you're practicing? You certainly could. 
Um, I can't swear to it. I don't know what the research is. But at, wait, what am I saying? Well, I can tell you anecdotally. I have had three clients say to me, oh, my God, I fell asleep without a problem for the first time in this pregnancy. So, yes, it can help you sleep better. You know, I don't know what it would do for indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> or swollen feet. Well, actually, maybe. Swollen yeah. feet, I, I, I could see that working and, you know, maybe even indigestion. That's going to be a challenge. I'm seeking a volunteer. I want to work with you. <laughs> there you go. Volunteer. Call Julieta. Um, so if a mom is looking to use hypnosis as a tool, mm -hmm. do they have to work with a hypnotherapist for several sessions or can she figure it out on her own? Um, I would recommend working with a trained professional. I don't think it needs to be a hypnotherapist. And in fact, one of the things that I'm doing with Mind Body Birth is expanding it so that I can train other birth professionals. I feel that it should be a tool that all doulas can use, labor nurses, midwives, you know, massage therapists. As long as you've received training to know what it is and and how to do it, um, then that piece of it is is kind of taken care of. Um, but you also need to add the childbirth education piece of it. So not just any hypnotherapist can do that because I think what helps calm a woman down is knowing what to expect and a mm -hmm. hypnotherapist just you know any old well I shouldn't say any old but let's say a psychiatrist whose specialty is not labor and birth it may not offer you the same thing that uh, a birth doula who is trained to do mind body birth will can a woman do it on her own yeah probably but to get all of that deepening and to learn how to do it she needs at least one session and then she might be running all around learning how to, you know, learning the childbirth education aspects of it and all of that other stuff. It's sort of, you know, with mind, body, birth, it's one stop shopping. You're going to come, you're going to learn childbirth education, just the bit that you need to know. Because I think that for, for most of us, we don't need to know absolutely every little thing like you know how many farts are normal when you're pregnant you know do you have an answer for that <laughs> no i don't a lot. a lot or none it's all normal it's all normal right <laughs> but you know my my feeling is and what i tell women is that your body has the cellular wisdom to birth for thousands of years you know, that's why our species is still around. We don't have to tell our bodies how to heal a cut, how to digest, how to grow our fingernails. And we don't have to tell our bodies how to make a new human or how to give birth to it. What we have to tell ourselves is how to get rid of all the negative messages that are preventing us from allowing this cellular wisdom to to flow to work unimpeded so um yeah now i lost my train of thought what was i saying <laughs> but no but it is, it is i mean it makes sense because 
Birth is an event that happens. Your body knows how to do it. It's getting that brain, that neocortex out of the way, that not thinking, that you know, you step out of the way so your body can do the thing. Yes, yes. And, and that's what this helps to, this and, and other tools help to address is right. how to quiet think, that mind. Oh, that's why we were saying that a trained person <laughs> yes. can help you do that. And so, yeah, um, I think it is important to work with someone who knows birth and who knows hypnotherapy mm -hmm. in order to do uh, hypnosis for labor and birth. Yes. And there are several, I, I, I didn't want to limit it to your program, obviously, because right. the, the, that might not be an option for every mom. Right. But I think there are several, you know, there's hypno, the most common known ones, hypnobirthing and hypnobabies, and there's the birth comb kit, and yeah. there's, I'm sure there's more. But I guess the advice is, See if it's a tool that's going to work for you, mm. explore it, and find something that you will actually do, not just will sit on, you know, a CD right. that sits on your desk right. and you don't listen to it and you don't right. do anything about it. But there's there's also some other things, I think, to be on the lookout for, at least from my perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I think a program that, that offers something individualized for each woman is not everybody is going to respond to the same music, to the same imagery. You know, having one CD that works for everybody doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, as doulas, we know how often people bring music with them to the birth, for example, and they never use Hate it. Hate it, yes. <laughs> yes. So it needs to be something that's going to work for you um, that relies on – and remember, we are – learners in different ways, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. So it has to tap into the way that it's going to get into your brain the best. That's one piece of it. And uh, here comes my rant, but this is just my little thing that irks me about programs that that insist on using euphemisms that like won't allow you to use the word contraction. Ah. Like it's some kind of dirty word that gets me so crazy because I think that euphemisms are infantilizing. I don't know if you remember Robert Bradley from uh, Husband, Coach, Childbirth, mm -hmm. but in the 70s, in his book, Husband, Coach, Childbirth, I swear to you, he called the uterus and the vagina the baby box and the baby door because he didn't want us to trouble our heads with the real terminology. So Okay. You know, I'm like, yeah, I know, because th th those are really big words for me, uterus, vagina. Anyway, I feel that if you go into a hospital to have your baby, which is where most women go, and you're arguing with the clinical staff who are trained to use scientifically correct anatomical and physiologic terms for labor and birth, you know, dilation, station, effacement, contraction, et cetera, et cetera, instead of, you know, uh, surges and opening. And, you know, like like these words are just going to be awful if you use them. I, I, I am not a fan of that. I think you're going to be battling with the staff. And it's more of a distraction. Yeah. Like if it's called a contraction, it's okay. It's what you think about them 
And if you think, whoa, my contractions are like my biceps flexing. I'm a strong woman. Mm-hmm. You know, then that's different. So that's just my rant, but I think it's fine to call things by their correct terms. And so I'm a little wary of programs that say you have to use words like, you know, surge and rush and opening and whatever. It's like, can we just call it what it really is? It's a muscle that contracts. Thank you. (laughs) It's a muscle. Yeah, that. It's the most fantastic muscle you've got in your body. Yeah, your baby box is really awesome, isn't it? (laughs) Don't call it a baby box. Um. So, but no, when you were talking, what when you were saying about the different ways that we learn, mm-hmm. um, that really spoke to me in the sense that I could see how a trigger, you, depending on how you learn, you can make it a certain word or a bell or a, mm-hmm. you know, a chime. Or if, if you're more kinesthetic, then it's a touch. Mm-hmm. And if you're visual, then, you know, you could do lights or you could do whatever. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and also in terms of how you perceive your pain. One of the most wonderful tools that hypnotherapists use, and I don't think I'm giving anything away, is that we ask people to imagine their pain as a shape, a sound. You know, this is what you were just saying. But the first thing you ask someone to do is imagine it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So you're actually controlling it. Like it might be a very foul smell. You notice the texture, the color, the temperature, whatever it is that you're imagining. And then by by imagining it big, you then shrink it. And what that does to the subconscious mind is the subconscious says, oh, I can control this. I can make it bigger and I can make it smaller. I can make it so small, it's microscopic. I can make that sound so tiny that I don't hear it. It's happening in another universe. It's in a va- you know, so these are the kinds of tools that the conscious mind may say, oh yeah, right, you know, when you're rubbing your chin and the subconscious is going far out. This is really great information. Get those two sides of the brain working together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So if listeners want to follow what you're doing and learn more about your program, what, uh, how can they contact you? Well, they can find me through mindplusbodybirth.com. So that's all spelled out, M-I-N-D-P-L-U-S-B-O-D-Y. Uh, birth, B-I-R-T-H. <laughs> that one I should know. Um, they can also find me at julietaappleton.com. That's my, um, you know, non-birth related hypnotherapy practice. If um, people are interested in, you know, things other than than labor and birth or, you know, if they want me as a doula. But mind-body-birth is the place to go to find out when the next classes are um, in Westchester at this moment, but honestly, I would travel if there were enough people. I mean, I was going to say the tri-state area, but honestly, you know, I'd go anywhere if people wanted to learn this. But the thing that I'm really most excited about is I am starting my first professional training at the end of this month so that anybody who is a childbirth professional can get trained over the period of a weekend workshop and be able to go back and teach this to their clients. Mm-hmm. In, More tools in the box. Yeah, three or four sessions, that's all you'd need. And, you know, 
I think it's it's going to be great. I'm really excited. Fantastic. Congratulations. Congratulations. I am so excited for you. And also, if any of the listeners out there have a friend who speaks Spanish and needs this information in Spanish, Julieta speaks perfect Spanish as well. So there's an added bonus for you guys. <laughs> Julieta. Es verdad. Es verdad. Hablamos es español verdad. también. Julieta, thanks so much. It was a pleasure having you in the show. And thank you for sharing all your knowledge. That was great. Thank you so much, Adriana. Really, as I said, I'm truly honored to be part of this podcast. Thank you. Take care. Ciao. Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter. And even better, become a part of the Birthful community by subscribing at birthful.com. You'll get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive goodies. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when we'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>